Hello and welcome to Let's Enter the Arena. I'm your host, VM Campos. And this is the podcast where I talk with a member of the Magic the Gathering community, where we focus on Magic Arena. I've got a very special guest in this episode. For episode 13, I'm interviewing VM Campos. Hey, wait a minute, I'm VM Campos. Yes, that's true. I'm going to interview myself. I'm going to do a sort of uh, get-to-know-me type of episode. So I'm going to ask myself the questions that I would ask my usual guest, and maybe you'll learn a thing or two about me, an avid magic player. So let's get started. First of all, any promotion? Yeah, you can check me out at Twitter, twitter.com slash vmcampos. You can go to my YouTube, youtube.com slash vmcamposjr. Don't forget the JR. Or Patreon, patreon.com slash vmcampos. You get a bunch of rewards there, starting at a dollar. Or if you go there and simply follow me on Patreon, you'll keep up to date with all of the things I share on a regular basis. Well, how long have I been playing Magic in general? I first played in the 90s, 1995 to 1999 or so. My nostalgia sets are really 4th edition in 1995, Ice Age, Alliances in Mirage, although I have plenty of cards from 1994, Fallen Empires, often regarded as one of the worst sets, but it had great flavor, it introduced a strong tribal mechanic, and amazing art as usual. Fourth edition was a core set. It was the fourth core set, sort of. It was white-bordered, and it had the classic pre-modern border, but that's the set that I think about as magic back in my day. And then Ice Age. I love Ice Age. A low-power set? that had weird mechanics such as cumulative upkeep, but the the mythos behind it, the world building in it was amazing. A frozen wasteland with Limdul the Necromancer ravaging Dominaria. I also have fond memories of Mirage Block, that was Mirage, Visions, and Weatherlight, where they really started to put together a cohesive story and the block format. As a matter of fact, the first pre-release happened in Mirage Block 1996. Well, I played back then in the 90s, and I stopped for a long, long time. I put all my cards away and didn't break them out again until I got the bug to check them out in 2017. I still had all my old cards. Actually, I lost a notebook full of all of my rare cards. I had their Lake of the Dead, all these great old cards. Unfortunately, I lost them. But anyway, I started to check out Magic again right after the release of Hour of Devastation. I then started to crack packs, make decks, and play with a a local uh, playgroup. I actually completed a set of Hour of Devastation, which was the first time I ever had a complete set. I never had a complete set back in the day because I never had any money, and I never had the concept of owning a complete set. Well, I've been uh, hooked on Magic Arena. I started playing in April 2018. I requested the closed beta access in January 2018, and eventually I got the email that said, You're welcome. Come on in, in April. And I've been playing it nonstop since then. 
I've seen the software grow and evolve and get better and better. It's been very enjoyable. I've reached Platinum 2 status, but that's because I like to play a lot of jank decks. And I brew my own for the fun of it. My skill level, well, on paper, I would consider myself pretty intermediate, especially compared to my playgroup. I'm often the go-to guy when they're asking for sort of tips and advice on on building decks and playing magic, although there is a a, a judge, a magic judge in our playgroup who's even more knowledgeable, but I think people think of me as a, a way better player than I may be simply because I've already played back in the day. As for arena, I think I'm also in intermediate, mid to low intermediate. As I said, I've gotten up to platinum, level two, and I might go higher than that, but I'm not too interested in playing tier decks. Although to be honest, it feels amazing to win and tragic to lose. So if I want more of that amazing feeling, I should probably play more tier decks. Oh well. My favorite single card, that's really hard to narrow down. I have a lot of decks that I enjoy. I'm going to say Ajani's Pride Mate. That's the one white mana plus one more card that gives you a cat. Starts off as a 2-2. Every time you gain life, you put a plus one plus one counter on it. Now obviously it dies to removal. Kaya's Wrath. Settle the Wreckage. Cast Down. And if you're not careful, various other removal spells. But I love it in a life gain deck. I love making that little kitty cat grow into a big kitty cat. Yeah, it doesn't have trample or other forms of evasion. So even a 2020 pride mate can be chump blocked with a 1-1 Llanowar elf. But when you add some indestructibility effects or trample effects, it's really nice. Plus, I love cats. A favorite deck that I'm playing is a mono red deck. No, it's not the red deck that everyone's playing. It's a focus on goblins. It's mono red, it's goblins. I've got Goblin Banneret, which is a single red mana, and then you pay one red and one more to give it plus two, plus zero, and it's got Mentor. Fanatical Firebrand, of course, to get in some quick haste damage or tap and sacrifice to deal damage to other things. Take that, Llanowar Elf. Where's your ramp now? I have Legion Warboss in there. I love that little guy. Three casting cost. You summon a 2-2 with Mentor, and every combat phase it creates a 1-1 with haste. Goblin Trash Master gives all of your goblins plus one plus one. Nice. And don't forget to throw in the goblin that gives all your others haste. I have a light up the stage in there for card draw, and then some direct damage, of course. That's the deck I've been enjoying. Although I have been climbing in the ranks with the mono blue tempo deck, that's pretty enjoyable too. Cool, funny, weird moments on Arena. There's just too many, um, and my memory fails me at times. But it's felt really good when I've played my Demir control deck. This is a deck focused on some counter spells, thought erasures, and such, so that I can bring out Etrata the Silencer. She's unblockable, she's a 3-5. When she deals combat damage, she exiles an opponent's creature, and when the opponent has three 
creatures in exile thanks to Atrata, they lose the game automatically. Now, I feel that the matching algorithm pairs this Atrata deck with opponent decks that are not the best to, to, to really battle it, because I would love to assassinate an opponent that's got, you know, dozens of points of life. I never quite seem to assassinate a regular opponent. The algorithm matches me in a way that I just don't seem to really get mileage out of Etrada, but when she does three damage and they still have life and then it's game over for them, I love that. That's one of my favorite moments in Arena. I consider myself intermediate, and advice that I would give to new players of Arena is hold on to all your wild cards. Don't spend them at all. Also, hold on to your gold to buy boosters. If you want to build any sort of decks, play the daily quests, earn your gold, get used to playing, and then spend that gold on booster packs where you could crack wild cards or build up to wild cards and then build the decks that you want. Or if you want to get a little bit more advanced and play magic in an interesting way, hold on to that gold and instead enter drafts. You get to keep all the cards you draft and get good at drafting, which is a whole different beast compared to constructed magic. Something that I would like to improve about magic, I really feel the matching algorithm has a way to go. Hmm, how pessimistic do I want to be? Maybe I do want to say it has a long way to go. I just don't feel that the matches... I don't know, the matches are not random enough. It pairs you with opponents... I feel with some decks, it pairs you with opponents that it's like, okay, you've got to cast down, which will kill any non-legendary creature. But wait a minute, my opponent is playing with a ton of legendary creatures. Or I'm playing some disruption where I'm going to look at my opponent's hand and have them discard. Oh, wait a minute, they're playing with that as well. You didn't have your counter spell in time. Oops. So I really think the matching algorithm... The type of deck that you play, I don't think it should match you that way. I think it should match you in the number of wins and losses, not deck types. I feel that it matches you in a way like, oh, I'm at a point that there's never a way for you to win anymore. Kind of hard to explain, but I just feel the matching algorithm needs work. Something that I love about Magic in paper is that you can play a variety of formats. I like to craft a lot of standard decks just because I uh, like to create deck tech videos, especially Planeswalker upgrade videos, so I'm always looking at standard. But in my real-life playgroup, I also play a lot of modern. Everyone there seems to play modern because they uh, don't want their cards to rotate out, so I've got some modern decks. I like to play multiplayer. It's often multiplayer modern. But we also play multiplayer commander. That's fun. I've got some fun decks there. Nothing overpowered. I just like to play weird cards. I guess I'm a really a Tammy player. I like fun, big cards, splashy things. I don't do a lot of combos, and I'm not a spike, so I just want to play cards. I want to play magic. In Arena, I love that you can just pick up and play a game very easily, climb the ladder, win some gold, do drafting. It's always there available. 
And lastly, a non-magic hobby. I love comic books. I've been reading and collecting comic books since 1987. I still have my very first comic book. That would be Amazing Spider-Man number 266 from 1985. It's a silly little story with Toad, Frogman, and the Spider-Kid annoying Spider-Man. They all want to be his sidekick. I still have that comic. It's not really worth anything, even in great condition, but the nostalgia factor is tremendous. Well, I started to read and collect comics more seriously in 1987, when I picked up Web of Spider-Man number 31, I believe, which was the beginning of Kraven's Last Hunt, an epic, dark, and mature storyline where Spider-Man is shot and killed and buried in Kraven the Hunter's estate. Spoiler alert, he wasn't actually killed, he was drugged. But what follows is a story of madness, violence, and stolen identities. So Spider-Man is near and dear to my heart, and I'm a big Marvel head. But I also like a lot of independent comics. I love Dark Horse Comics, Image Comics, Antarctic Press, all of these independent publishers. I love going to thrift stores and picking up long-forgotten orphaned comics and making them part of my collection. I love black-and-white independent comic books from the 80s, especially before my time. It's just something about that decade. It was an explosion of independent publishers long forgotten. That really appeals to me. So, yeah, comic books. Of course, I'm uh, reading the latest Magic the Gathering Chandra comic book. As of this recording, there's only been one issue, which is really weird, since they seem to be publishing it quarterly, which makes no sense because I thought they had like uh, a monthly publishing schedule. But we'll see if there are any, no any new issues by the time you hear this podcast. Well, that's a little bit about myself, VM Campos, your humble host of Let's Enter the Arena. When I started this podcast, I had the goal of chatting with a diverse variety of Magic players, beginning, intermediate, and advanced. And looking back at things, I've accomplished that so far. I've talked to players that are barely a few months old in Magic. I've talked to old-timers such as myself. I've talked to tournament grinders those that have reached mythic ranking in arena, those that have cashed qualifying events, people in the US, East Coast, West Coast, people in Australia. So I've been very happy with my podcast so far. I hope you have been as well. If this is your first episode, go back and listen to earlier episodes. There's always a free version released, ranging between five and eight minutes long, just a little intro to... Uh, in interviewee. The longer episode is available for a dollar, and those are usually 40 to 60 minutes long, even more interviewing goodness. Those episodes I feel are evergreen. You can go back and listen to those interviews whenever. And then I also release sort of like spur of the moment types of episodes. Those are usually always free, and they focus on a topic that uh, you kind of want to hear at that moment. You can find all those episodes, the free and the not free ones, at my Patreon, patreon.com slash vmcampos. And again, for a dollar, you get access to everything. 
if you go up to the $2 tier, I'll actually mail you a booster quantity of vintage magic cards guaranteed to be at least 20 years old. If you're more into comics, the $2 range can instead get you a vintage comic from my collection. And going at the $4 or $5 range gets you a little bit more. What a deal. Well, this has been VM Campos, and I'll see you in the arena.